Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai. And you are listening to Food Nonfiction, the incredible true stories behind food. I have always wondered about the price of vanilla. Because the tiny little bottles of vanilla extract are quite pricey. So today's episode will be about this very special aroma-packed product. Vanilla extract comes from vanilla beans, fruit of vanilla orchids. Cultivating this plant is a very labor-intensive job. Vanilla orchids grow as climbing vines, so they are tied to support trees. These support trees have to be carefully pruned so that the plant gets the right amount of sunlight. And the vines themselves need to be grown in loops so that they don't climb so high that the farmers can't reach the flowers and beans. It takes three or more years before a vanilla orchid will flower for the first time. And when they flower, farmers have to pollinate each flower by hand. And then when the beans finally appear with successful pollination, those beans still have to stay on the vines for several months to mature. The whole time you're waiting for the beans to mature, you still have to attend to the plant, mulching, pruning, and looping. When you finally get to harvest the beans, you also have to do that by hand, picking each one when it's perfectly mature. With all this time and attention it takes to get vanilla beans from vanilla orchids, it's no wonder vanilla extract is so costly. But the cost has not stopped people from using vanilla. It's in everything. There's vanilla scented hand soap, vanilla flavored ice cream, vanilla and perfumes, etc., etc. We called up an expert to tell us why. Good morning, Lillian. Hi, Felix. Can we get started? Sure, absolutely. My name is Felix Butchelato. I'm president and owner of Custom Essence Incorporated. Uh, it's very hard to find something without vanilla in it. <laughs> Almost every manufactured product has vanilla, including coffee blends, soy milk, diet drinks, protein drinks, colas. So why is vanilla in everything? Ah, that's a good question. The reason it's in everything, it's one of these things that's so amenable to blending with other types of in ingredients. It rounds out and smooths out the flavors. Basically, vanilla blends well with everything. It magnifies the flavors we want and it masks the flavors we don't want. For example, in chocolate, vanilla masks the natural bitterness, and in pop drinks, it magnifies the flavor. It does this without competing with the other flavors. For example, if you put strawberry and everything else, that stands out. Uh, but vanilla can be blended very successfully, very easily, and just extend the flavor People have been flavoring with vanilla for thousands of years. The Aztecs and Mayans used vanilla as a flavoring, you know, thousands of years ago. And they were using it as a drink. You know, very sophisticated. At that time, they would take the vanilla and grind it up with chocolate and honey and corn, much of the same way that a Starbucks would, prefer a, would make a frappuccino these days. So they added the sugar from the honey. They added some kind of a meal thing from corn, and they had a chocolate, and vanilla would, would add the flavors. What was this drink called? Chocolatel. Vanilla extract comes in little bottles because it's very potent. 
Its odor threshold is so low that you can smell it in tiny, tiny amounts. Vanilla has a very unique quality. Vanillin, the major component, has a very low odor threshold. Now, what does that mean? It means the level at which this can be detected and still be recognized as vanillin. The odor threshold of vanillin is 1.18 times 10 to the minus 12. And this is really unusual because most chemicals that we can detect at such low thresholds are harmful to us, but vanilla is not. And it's not that we can just detect it, we're also drawn to it. So what affects the cost of this thing we're so drawn to? Madagascar is the world's largest producer of vanilla beans. Madagascar has the right climate, and it also has very low labor costs. And the cutest little fuzzy animals ever. <laughs> For many years, the vanilla industry in Madagascar was regulated by the Madagascar government. The government set the price and decided the amounts of vanilla to allocate to different brokers and buyers. But the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund wanted the vanilla industry to operate as a free market. Because they had provided financial aid to Madagascar for many years, they were able to pressure the government to deregulate the vanilla industry. This important change happened in 1994. So what was the result? After deregulation, the stockpile of vanilla beans could be sold. Because vanilla beans can be stored for years, there was a surplus of beans that had been stored. There was so much vanilla on the market that the price, of course, dropped. Over the years, the dropping prices discouraged farmers and they replaced vanilla with other crops. Eventually, all the surplus was sold and the demand was once again greater than the supply. And there was big demand for vanilla. It was an important ingredient for all the big brands, including Starbucks products, Coca-Cola products, Nesquik, Dunkin' Donuts, you name it. Oh, and there was a food trend for premium ice creams, like Haagen-Dazs. What do you mean, was a food trend? It's still ongoing. <laughs> so late in 1999, the price of vanilla beans started to climb. Remember that it takes years of cultivation before a farmer can get the first harvest of vanilla beans from a new planting. So there wasn't any way to increase the supply quickly. But people tried. Farmers started to grow vanilla orchids again. The price of vanilla was going up. Things were looking good. Unfortunately, because of the massive increase in price, many companies looked for alternatives to natural vanilla extract. So in 2004, just as the new vines were at full production again, the prices crashed to about one-tenth of the price they were the previous year. This cycle of mismatched supply and demand has continued to repeat itself. This is not a stable system. But there is a solution out there. It's a system that we all think we understand but don't really know much about. I'm talking about fair trade. Fair trade means that disadvantaged producers from poor areas with little power to negotiate their conditions of work are given a fair price for their products, regardless of the fact that they have little leverage to negotiate prices with. It's saying that, I know I could pay you less because you need to make this sale to survive, but I'm going to choose to pay you a fair price. 
Mind you, the principles of fair trade are more complex than the picture we will be presenting here, but we're going to keep it simple. So you might be asking, what is a fair price? Well, a fair price is a price that takes into account the cost of a decent standard of living for the producer and the cost of sustainable production. This means that the price of vanilla should cover the money that needs to be reinvested into things like equipment and supplies so that the farmer can continue cultivating vanilla over time. The fair trade price also includes a premium. This is money that goes to the community. The premium can be used on any improvements that the community needs, such as schools, wells, and medical facilities. Vanilla is perfectly suited for fair trade. Almost all of the vanilla produced in the world is grown in developing countries by independent farmers. The farmers are from rural areas with only the most basic forms of transportation and communication tools. Because of the isolation, they don't know if there is going to be a sudden boom in demand. If, for example, a big brand company is launching a new product flavored with vanilla. With fair trade prices, the farmers can stick to growing vanilla and keep a steady production instead of growing or replacing vanilla crops depending on prices. In turn, this will stabilize the global supply of vanilla. No more rise and crash in prices and products. The fair trade vanilla system seems like a win for all. A while back, we had a listener write in about French vanilla. Michelle asked, why is French vanilla a flavor when as far as I know, France doesn't grow or have vanilla? Well, Michelle, we asked Felix, the vanilla expert for you, and here's your answer. When somebody says French vanilla, they don't mean that it comes from France. They mean that the, either the French produced it or extracted the vanilla beans from, and they, and they don't always tell you from where, but I happen to know that the French favored the island of Madagascar and the Reunion Islands, the island of Bourbon. It's Bourbon, but it's Bourbon when you spell it. And they, they get vanilla beans from there and they extract them and then make, uh, and then market a product or sell a product to the industry that's known as French vanilla. Michelle, we hoped that helped. So, Fakri, you're going to be traveling for a bit. Want to share where you're going? I feel like a bit is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I'm going to be gone for the next three weeks again. Um, Zachary's leaving in a few hours, right? Yeah, I <sighs> basically came over here and then I have to run home, grab my bag and drive down to Seattle to make my flight. Dedication. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to a conference in Florida for a week, which will be very exciting. What's the conference on? It's the Vision Science Society. Um, yeah, a bunch of neuroscientists that focused on vision, and I'll be presenting some of my research on autism while I'm there. So nice. excited about that. Also excited for the blackened grouper, my favorite fish in Florida. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Very good fish. Um, what else am I? I'm excited for the key lime pie, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. And, um, oh, Cuban sandwiches. Those are really good. And those are only things you can get there? Uh, you can get them elsewhere. But black and grouper, I've only ever found grouper in Florida. I don't know if they just don't send it elsewhere or if it's just super expensive so they don't. But I've only ever had it in Florida. And so what a bunch of us do is we normally buy a big, huge slab of it. And then we grill it on the barbecue. <gasps> it's so much fun. Oh, barbecue a bunch, fish. A bunch of us scientists stay in one big house and... Uh, we barbecue and all of that for the week. And the house I got us this year has kayaks and bicycles. So I'm excited about that. 
The dream. The dream conference. Well, you know, if you can't be rich, be a scientist and get paid <laughs> to go to conferences. Are you going anywhere else? I'm going to be traveling around Colorado for a week, which I'm very excited about. And I'll be visiting a friend from high school. So uh, I am hoping to chat with his partner who happens to own a restaurant. And hopefully I'll share that conversation with you guys uh, when I come back. Very nice. Don't worry. We will still have Vakri in every episode because I will be Skyping with Vakri. Yeah. So if my voice sounds a little weird next time, that's why. But uh, it's the only way that I could still check in with you food buffs and still live my jet setting lifestyle. I hate to leave, but that's it for this week. Bye, food buffs. Bye. <laughs>